Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're going to uh, turn to our economist. We've got uh, John Carney, Breitbart News Editor, Economics and Finance, co-author of the Breitbart Business Digest. And my pal Mike Falkender, Professor of Finance at the University of Maryland and the Chief Economist at the America First Policy Institute. Michael was the former Assistant Secretary of the Treasury for Economic Policy. Gentlemen, thank you. Thank you for hanging on. We had a little Trump uh, Trump grand jury indictment discussion with uh, some lawyers. So anyway, thank you for holding on. Uh, John Carney, here's a challenge. Let me see if I have this. Uh, getting into the mind of uh, Jay Powell, getting inside Jerome Powell's brain. Now, John Carney, that is a challenge for anybody, economists, psychiatrists, probably pediatricians. That was a joke. But what are we saying here? And your other piece, the pa- the bank panic is not getting worse. The, and we will get to this, uh, but the numbers came out yesterday, the February personal income stuff, which is a very important release. The Fed watches all these PCE numbers. I, don't, I mean, inflation's come down, but I don't see it continuing to come down. So what's going to happen, uh, John Carney? What, what's uh, Jay Powell's mind going to do about monetary policy? Well, so you have to ask, you know, from an economics perspective, and this is the way I approached it, is what is Jay Powell trying to maximize in his life? If he's rational, what is he trying to do? And I think you can just look at the way we look back at Fed, at the heads of the Fed. Arthur Burns is now kind of, you know, regarded as one of the failures as a Fed chief, whereas Paul Volcker is, you know, lionized as one of the greats. Now, this wasn't true at the time, by the way. Paul Volcker was considered a villain by a lot of people at the time, but his legacy is as one of the greatest Fed chiefs we've ever had. And so I think if you're Jay Powell and you are trying to decide what kind of policy stance do you want to adopt, you are going to say, look, I need to keep on inflation. Beating inflation is what makes your reputation, it's what makes your legacy, it's what gives you prestige as the head of the Federal Reserve. So when he is faced later on this year with a downturn, uh, with a you know likely recession either later this year or early next year, I don't think he is going to even be very tempted to start cutting rates because he will say, what will my legacy be? What do I want it to be? I want it to be Paul Volcker and not Arthur Burke. Mm. That's an interesting um, hypothesis. You know, Mike Falkender, Jay Powell's had, I guess you could say he's had a comeback because uh, in 2021, he was very badly mistaken. He and the Fed institutionally, uh, there is no inflation or then it's transitory or then, wait a minute, we have a lot of inflation and they start jacking up their target rate like crazy and then launch uh, from Q, uh, QE to QT, uh, quantitative expansion, quantitative tightening. So you think uh, John Carney's right? I mean, I, logically, if you get inside Jay Powell's head, it's a new Jay Powell. See, I don't know how many Jay Powell's we're going to have to live through, Mike Falkender. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, Jay, I don't know. What do you th- What do you make of it? I think John's got it about right. I mean, if you look at Jay Powell is more responsible than almost anyone else for the fact that we hit 9% inflation. There was no reason. I mean, 
almost as responsible as, as Joe Biden, of course, in all of the spending that occurred under the American Rescue Plan. But, it, you know, to be frank with you, it seemed like Jay Powell wanted to be renominated for a second term more than he wanted to do his job, mm-hmm. because anybody else that really had, was focused on inflation would have started increasing interest rates back in the middle of 2021. The fact that he waited until March of 2022 after his not, you know, go back and look at the video again as to once he got sworn in for a second term, that's when the language all of a sudden changed. And that told you a lot. But now he is, I, I agree with John, he's now got to resurrect his his reputation because he's he is now going to be known for the one that, that oversaw the highest inflation in 40 years and called it transitory. The question is, will Janet Yellen actually let him be an independent Fed chair, or is he going to continue just being another arm of the administration? You know, anybody who claims that there's independence of the Fed is going to have difficulty explaining the activity of the Fed over the last couple of years. So you are, that's a really interesting point, Brandon Yellen, a former Fed chair herself. Um, so you are in Steve Mnuchin's treasury. Mnuchin, by and large, at least publicly, uh, and I agreed with him, I worked with him at NEC, uh, Steve Mnuchin did not wish to interfere with Fed policy, right? So he let That's them be independent, right. right? And Mnuchin, I think, will go down, by the way, with the tax cuts and other things and the things he did during COVID as one of the greatest Treasury secretaries we've had, at least in modern times. But um, you think Yellen might undercut Powell? You know, a few words here and there in a congressional testimony – or in a speech, uh, Mike Falconer, you can really undercut the Fed. You think she'll might do that, or you think, as a former Fed chairman, she won't do that? Uh, my, my sense is that there's a there's greater coordination between the Fed and Treasury, and that Powell is taking more of his marching orders from the Treasury than would have taken place with with Mnuchin. Yeah. I mean. You know, during COVID, there was a great deal of coordination as required yeah. under Dodd-Frank, right, because we created all of those facilities, and they explicitly under statute require sign-off by the Treasury Secretary. But Steve Mnuchin did not interfere with interest rates, you know, as much as the president may have wanted him to, right? I mean, there were times, as you well know, that the president was not particularly happy when Jay Powell in 2019 started raising rates. Steve Mnuchin recognized that the Fed is an independent agency, and it was not his place to criticize. No, it. it's you're listen. I just want. I was the hatchet guy there. I mean, Trump was furious, uh, and I happened to believe that the Fed was wrong in raising rates then, even though the economy was heating up because of the tax cuts. Um, I didn't see any inflationary pressures. So when it came to taking a few pot shots, uh, shall we say, the president nominated me. <laughs> And I and I did, uh, but I think you're right. Generally, there's a lot of coordination. Um, I don't know how you. I mean, he's going to John Carney. Your other point here, which relates to this discussion about Fed policy, the bank panic is not getting worse. And you cite. Uh, I mean, believe it or not, John, I know what H four ones are and stuff like that. Cause <laughs> I used to work in open market operations a million years ago at the New York Fed. But um, I think you're right, and uh, that will take a pressure point off of uh, Fed policy. So he'll probably – you're saying he'll do one more. I got to tell you, I mean, you might be right, 
and we'll get Falkender on this. But the numbers coming out of this, you know, the Fed uses the the price level indexes they use the PCE deflator, personal consumption deflator, more than the CPI. So I'm just going to read it for everyone's benefit, if anybody cares. But uh, three months PCE deflator is 4.2. The 12 month is 5.0. And then if you go into the core, excluding energy and food, which of course is what ordinary people use. But if you use that, the three month is 4.9 and the 12 month is 4.6. So if I average everything out here, it's almost a little less than 5% inflation with a target of two. So, John, I, the Fed funds rate is now four and three quarters to five. Is that right? So you're saying yes. they'll go to five to five and a quarter. That's barely above the inflation rate unless it comes down some more. I'm, I'm just saying that the thing could go to six, the Fed's target. That's all I'm saying. It could. Uh, John Taylor told me the other night on the show that it will or should. I shouldn't say will. Should. So anyway, what you, you're saying no more banking crisis. Lingering inflation, uh, they're going to have to. Fed's going to have to tighten more, and the bond market's wrong. Yes, so the bond market is pricing in a bunch of cuts. I don't think that's possible. Uh, I think that is really improbable. I think we're going to hear a lot. I don't think the Fed wants to go into the next meeting with this big of a divorce between where the bond market is mm-hmm. and where their policy is going. So I think what we're going to hear over the next couple of weeks is a lot more hawkish tone coming from Fed people. We're getting I think Bullard is getting a speech on Monday. Yeah. We will start to hear them saying trying to push the market towards their view. I love and Bullard. I agree with you. He, he is I fantastic. Love and by the way, you know, his protege is Chris Waller. Yeah, and Waller has been great. And one of the so I think we're going to sit and push the market towards the view that rates are going higher. I agree with you that I don't think five and a quarter is actually where they need to stop. And if you look at the, you know, the inflation, so so we're at 5.7, 12 month on the year over year median Cleveland Fed inflation. Mm-hmm. We've got 0.4 more or less in September, October, November, December, January went 0.6. So, but then now we're back at zero for month to month. So, so I tell you, that tells you inflation is not coming down. Underlying inflation is running very high. All of those hikes have not budged month to month median inflation. So I think the Fed has to keep going higher. I think they may take a pause depending on where the numbers come out. Because remember, we'll, we, we will get one more CPI, PC, all that before the next meeting. And then after that, the Fed will get more numbers coming in. And I think we, I agree with you that they probably need to go higher. I think they will see that. And again, because the numbers we saw in the Fed balance sheet report showed that banks, they drew a little more from one Fed facility. They drew less from the discount window. The panic we saw over the last two weeks seems to be subsiding. It could get worse. Maybe another bank will fail. But I don't think that's happening. I don't think we're having wow. the, the, the the deposit panic we had. Well, what the hell? The Yellen and them, they all said they're going to guarantee all deposits. <laughs> Wait, why, why take your deposits out? Insured, right? uninsured, every damn deposit. By the way, this pausing stuff, I don't know if you're a bridge player or not, but the great – Late Charles Gorin used to say, he who hesitates is lost. I just wanted to inject that into it uh, because I'm an occasional bridge player. Uh, Mike Falkender, the Atlanta Fed GDP tracker was marked down, I think, from 3.2 to 
two five or two three. Um, and Kevin Hassett uh, was on the show, the business, uh, the Fox uh, Business Show earlier this past week. All these regional Fed manufacturing surveys, Mike, uh, are coming down. I mean, they're crashing down. In fact, I think didn't we get the Chicago Fed on Friday? That was down. So I don't think the economic outlook is very good. It's not that great. If you look at the PCE number for February, the real number was negative. Right? Yeah, right. So, you are. That's right. Spending minus. You know, so they had a, there was a blockbuster January, but November, December, and February were all down mm. in real terms. Mm. So the economy is not in a strong position now. When it comes to the banking issue. I don't think we're going to have one because that facility that they created is so generous. Yeah. You've, you've got 10 year treasuries that are trading at 80 to 85 cents on the dollar. And yet you can post them at par at the facility uh, with a, with a one year term to it. So they've definitely kicked the can at least a year uh, because nobody's, if, if you did have a deposit run, first of all, as you said, there's no reason for a deposit run because they've all been insured. Second, <laughs> even if there were a deposit run, you would post it at the Fed with the facility rather than liquidate. That way that you you don't have to book the loss. So they, they've kicked the can, and that, to me, gives them an ability to continue raising rates if they need to, and they'll worry about these these bond losses that banks are sitting on down the road. You know, this really is a great country, you think about it. We have now uh, we have guaranteed all deposits in all banks, and we've sort of guaranteed all treasury bonds. I mean, you can hold them, and they're down. Uh, instead of 100 cents on the dollar, they're 80 cents on the dollar. But the Fed will loan you money by buying them back at 100 cents on the dollar. I mean, John Carney, this is a great country. Everything's pretty much for free. I think it's called big government. It's, it's big government socialism at its worst. Oh, bailout nation. Bailout nation. Mike Falkender, John Carney has it through. That's the phrase. Bailout nation under Mr. Joe Biden. Folks, I'm Cudlow. We're going to do some stock market work on the side of the break. Please hang in there. Lots more cooking here on a Saturday. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.